I'm Laura Green. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast, the show that brings you the best in sapphic fiction. Join me as I chat with authors, narrators, and friends who share my love for the genre. You will learn things you didn't know about your favorites and get some suggestions for your next read. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Sapphic Book Review Podcast. This community is filled with so many great friendships, and I'm thrilled to have two brilliant authors and good friends join me today. Carrie Hunter and Claire Ashton, welcome, and thanks for being my first returning guests. <laughs> Stop flipping each other off. Focus. <laughs> So glad this is audio only. <laughs> okay, you two. <laughs> I'll put you in timeout. Claire, in February, you will be bringing us Meeting Millie, the first of a series set in Oxford. Tell us about Charlotte and Millie and what we can expect from your first series. Oh, blimey, we are leaping straight in with the questions, aren't we? <laughs> right. It's been a long day. I'm not quite ready for it. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's a new series. I've never written a series before. So I don't know what I'm doing, but I've started it. I've done the first third. So it's a series of three books. They're all romances. Hopefully they'll stand alone, but there's definitely a continuing story, family drama throughout it, which is kind of mixing romance with family drama is my kind of favourite thing to do with books, really. It's set in Oxford, which I used to live in for years and years. And we moved away because we needed a bigger, cheaper place near a relatives, but I still miss it. So it's been really nice to kind of revisit the place. And um, I'm very lazy when it comes to research. I kind of just pick somewhere I know or something I know quite well. <laughs> Some reviews say you can tell how well researched this book is of several of my books. And it's like, no, I'm a really lazy ass. I'm afraid I just live there for a bit. <laughs> so same with Oxford. And it's been really nice kind of revisiting the place in my imagination because I do miss it horribly. It's a gorgeous place. It revolves around Charlotte, who returns to Oxford in her 30s. She went to Oxford University, but um, she's been treading water and has gone awry a little. And she's come back to try and get a career on track, life on track. And well, it doesn't go that well, to be fair, because <laughs> she bumps straight into Millie Banks. Oh, it's called Meeting Millie. I can't remember if I've said that. But Millie is her <laughs> best mate from college. And she's also returned to Oxford. Oxford's that kind of place, actually. People keep going back to it. And so where Millie is loud, she's straight, she's funny, an extrovert, total man-eater. She's lots of fun to write. Where Charlotte is opposite in so many ways. She's amiable, but she's kind of a bit clumsy and she's queer and she's quieter. So try not to do spoilers now. It's a friends to lovers thing. So honestly, they, they have a very close friendship. But one of them's queer. And sometimes, you know, there's a bit of a blurry line between close friends and wanting to be lovers. So that causes issues. I always like having a larger class of secondary characters. I really love writing secondary characters. There's always a lot of fun to be had with those. So it introduces Charlotte's overbearing mother who is a renowned barrister, a very impressive woman and truly awful at the same time. She's lots of fun to write because she's just hideous and brilliant at the same time. There's Olivia, her best friend, is a bit snappy and really does not approve of Millie at all. So there's lots of tension there um, and there's rivalry, jealousy. So there's enough to play with for a whole series set up in the first book. So hopefully it'll make readers laugh, made me laugh. There's a line in it that still makes me laugh, even though I read it 10 times. It may not make anybody else <laughs> laugh, but it makes me laugh. Maybe make people want to visit Oxford and also feel a little bit soppy in love with it too. What's the line that makes you laugh so much? I'm not going to say because people people read it and go, well, what's funny about that? It's such a rubbish line. <laughs> Carrie, a calculator risk will be coming to us in October and is also the first of a new series. Give us a sneak peek of the book and what we can expect from Jodie Shaw, who was a character from 
Unbreakable. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> it is going to be the start of a new series. It's a thriller mystery series. It's set in East Manchester and the Saddleworth Moors. So it's like sort of like just a slight move over from the Dark Peak. It starts with what sounds or seems like quite a straightforward domestic violence incident where a young woman gets stabbed and then it all goes to shit and snowballs from there when obviously i mean there's more to that than meets the eye basically i actually started it before i started on breakable so i started it in 2019 and i've literally finished it today i've written the end today so it's been what more than three years yeah <laughs> so <laughs> I was just saying to somebody on Facebook, I don't know what it was really. It just didn't seem to be gelling with me. I don't know whether I overplotted it, overplanned it, or whether just the, the pandemic and everything that was going on just made it the wrong book to be writing at that time. So I set it aside and I wrote Unbreakable in the meantime. But that's how Dojo basically got to have a bit of a cameo on Unbreakable because I'd already written 20,000 words, so I knew her voice. And when Unbreakable kind of headed up towards her back, I thought, sorry, why not? I'll put her in it. So she gets a cameo in that. And then Safia, who ended up as one of the three point of views in Unbreakable, gets a cameo in A Calculated Risk. So that was really nice. But Jo is, she's fun. She's quite bold. She's more of a risk taker. I think there's going to be only going to get comparisons to the Dark Peak series because the setup is similar. It's a northern crime series. There's a team dynamic. There's a doctor and, and cop kind of relationship going on. But Joe is much more impulsive than Sam. She's been around the block a few times. She's a bit of a player, so she knows a lot of the A&E nurses and paramedics very well indeed. And she is completely thrown through a loop when she just bumps into Isla who is a doctor in the hospital. They've just Their paths haven't crossed and they've not been in contact for 15 years. So Isla was basically Joe's first love and ghosted her before ghosting was a thing. Disappeared out of her life with no explanation. So obviously Joe's not happy to bump into her again. And then the rest of the book, along with the, the sort of like crime, which is the, the crux of the novel, the rest of the book sort of like sees them trying to unpick what happened and why it happened. This is not a romance. It isn't a romance, dear readers. Certainly not in this book anyway, but you will find two women who are sort of finding their way back to being able to speak to each other and, and become friends again, basically, and understand what went wrong 15 years previous. So in terms of, of writing characters, it was a really challenging one to write. It's not something that I've done before. But it was far more interesting to me than sort of like they instantly, you know, the two strangers meet across a crowded room, their eyes meet, googly eyes, and they're in bed the next, <laughs> you know, the next day sort of thing. I just, I like sort of like unpicking, unpicking a relationship and taking my time with it. So I don't know how many books a series will run through. I have absolutely no idea what's going to happen in book two. Nothing in terms of their relationship is, is resolved in book one. So it's fun. I've enjoyed it. I wouldn't expect it to yeah. be. Is this going to be like the slowest burn series ever? <laughs> yeah, quite possibly, yeah. <laughs> and they usually traditionally you kind of throw a spanner in the works in book two, don't you? So I need to find out what my spanner is. But yeah, I like where I've left them at the end of book one and we'll see what happens in book two. Like I say, I just, I have no idea what's going to happen in book two yet. <laughs> <laughs> the two of you have been friends for quite a while. How did you meet, if either of you can remember? Because we were just saying, I think Tig emailed me because she was pissed off about somebody in the guardian i think that was one of the first times <laughs> she really got i think we were already possibly sort of like in contact maybe on facebook or whatever you know like in comments but i remember her emailing me because this woman in the guardian or whoever had written a piece about where are all the lesbian authors and she'd written this kind of really shitty piece saying that she couldn't find any uk lesbian authors and we're like well there's loads of them 
So together we put our heads together and we did the UK Lesbic blog for quite a few years, about three, four years. And we tried to make it like a showpiece that, of it all It felt the... like longer. It was, it was quite a long time, wasn't it? Oh, I think it's because I was particularly tired at that time because the kids were really little. <laughs> and I think I was up day and night, 24 hours a day. So actually I wasn't kind of, it was a longer time for me. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was a, it was a good it was a good way to sort of like showcase authors who were writing loads and popular and they were selling and obviously the mainstream press were just like they were just completely invisible to to the mainstream press. But we got some really good authors on there as well. Nicola Griffith does us an interview, Amanda Scott. So there's a big mix of sort of like mainstream authors that people will have heard of, and then you know medium authors that people might have heard of, and then indie authors, published authors with um, with the smaller presses that maybe people never heard of but they're all UK based you know a lot of them were writing in the UK and it was a it was a really good project for a while I think it worked really well and then it just it got to be a lot I think and people were doing their own thing anyway and they, they were managing without us basically so we capped it at its peak I think without letting it kind of die a long slow horrible death there, was, but, there were just a lot more authors coming hmm, coming online weren't there loads, yeah. books, which was which was really good hmm. And there were, you know, sort of like own voice in a kind of own dialect, own dialogue, kind of own locality kind of way. You know, we're all writing in, in our own little niche. You know, we're scattered all over the country. So, yeah, I think sort of like sapphic fiction has come a long way since those early where the hell are we all kind of days. And now that's just good. See, I remember how we really first met. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's it. the real story comes out. No, it's because it's, it's somebody sent me Carrie's first book to read. Um, somebody yeah. gave me a gift of it and I read it because I hadn't heard of Carrie before. And we always your first book, I think, is you'd only got that one out, actually. And I loved it. So I got in contact with her, a little tentatively, because, I mean, I mean, I loved the book. I mean, I'd always like Carrie's writing. It's really vivid and gritty. But, you know, there's a lot of detail in there with those injuries. So, you know, it's a relieved to hear she was a paramedic rather, you know, it was that or serial killer. So, you know, but <laughs> I got in contact and she ignored me for, for weeks. <gasps> Nowhere. Yes. And I thought, well, these bullstroke authors don't <laughs> deign to reply to us indies. But I think it had gone to a, a, an off folder or something like that. Yeah, I was like going to say, it had probably gone straight into my kind of, you're not a friend of mine folder on Facebook because I'm really good at replying to messages. <laughs> yes. So, But then you did get in contact. But I, I can't remember what happened next. So it's kind of... <laughs> Which of each other's books is your favourite? I yep. like the Telltale. I'm not a romance reader, so I kind of struggle with happy, clappy romances. But I like the Telltale just because it was kind of a, a really moody kind of mystery. And I like the, the small village kind of claustrophobic setting, the era. I like the fact that some of the characters were so horribly misogynistic and prejudiced that I just wanted to punch them in the noses. And I think that kind of really tight, everybody's in each other's business, you know, of a small village. I live in a small village. That kind of atmosphere was was really well done. So yeah, I enjoyed that one. There was a lot to it. It was just a place that you could visualise it really kind of vividly, really well evoked. So thank you for writing me a mystery too. I'm glad you like because it, it is fluffy romances apart from that, really. <laughs> Plus Welsh. I mean, I'm, I'm all for the Welsh. So Excellent. <laughs> Alias Carrie's I really like because that's got the world setting and I like the intrigue. I couldn't decide actually because I really like Unbreakable for tension and plotting, but No Good Reason has your best couple in and that bone chilling twist as well that really made my just go cold inside with that one. I love that. 
Yeah, anything that has a twist that you really feel, that's my favourite book. That will grab me every time. So it'll probably have to be no good reason, actually. I just got my Audible stats for last year. And Carrie, you were my number one read author. <laughs> I spent like 1900 minutes listening to you. Because when I would be in the yard, I would listen, I listened to the whole Dark Peak series and then Unbreakable all while I was doing my yard work. So you're number one with me, babe. <laughs> I've been listening to A Quiet Death recently while I've been on the uh, cross trainer, just to keep me distracted from the pain and the misery of doing cross training. <laughs> I can share Thana's pain and misery instead. <laughs> <laughs> if you were single and had to date either one of your characters or each other's, which would you choose and why? <sighs> I gave this quite a lot of thought. I think I would probably go for either Joe or Meg, just because they share my really black sense of humor <laughs> because they're just kind of in the same setting as me and they would just get it basically people in the emergency frontline services we kind of just develop this rather twisted personality you know it's a bit of a coping mechanism we're not all terrible people but um yeah i think i would they'd just be they'd be fun to sort of like share a beer with and joe i don't know there's something really sexy about joe i kind of based her on sue perkins I don't know whether you know Sue Perkins. You probably won't. She was on Bake Off, one of the original presenters on Bake Off. Anyway, she's the one that I always had in my head when I was describing Joe. So there's definitely a bit of an element of I actually fancy you as I'm writing her. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> Are any of the characters you very closely? Are any of them me, did you say? Mm. Yeah, they're all a bit of me, I think. Sana has my kind of nervous around authority kind of aspect to me i hate being in trouble i hate that kind of thing meg says everything that i wish i could say to a patron everybody's got a little bit of aspect to me about it and, and my relationship with my wife as well there's little little bits that are kind of gleaned from everywhere so i think of of all the couples meg and san are very similar to my wife and i in terms of how we interact and the stupid things that we sort of like do and and say and the little in jokes and you kind of get that we've been together nearly 25 years it's 25 years it's october so you get that with couples who've been together for that long you know we, we sort of like sometimes we look at each other and just say it's a good job we're together because nobody else would know what the hell we're talking about and i think you get that with megan sana as well because <laughs> they've, they've known each other since they were kids um, what about you tig it's so funny you saying that you don't like being in trouble with authority you're like the most no. blunt speaking person i know i think <laughs> <laughs> I know, do not get in trouble all the time. If one of our managers at work just sort of like, you know, Harry can have a word, it does my heart sinks. I hate it. It's just, yeah, oh God, who's bothered on now? Who's complained? You know, just I hate it. And it, it stems from school. It all stems from school. Not that I was naughty at school. Really? <laughs> I was a good girl at How? School. How do you not? Go on, who would you date, Tig? Would I date? Oh, mm. God, well, I thought about this and I thought, well, not one of the main characters, because, you know, I think of all our books, they meet the love of their life in these books. So, they're, you know, for the, I'm dating them. They've split up with this one great love. And, <laughs> you know, you know far too much about their ex as well. You've seen them in bed together in the book. So this is just way too much information. So I, I can't go for a main character from either of our books. <laughs> I'll have to go for a secondary character. <laughs> I overthought this very badly. You obviously. have that, yeah. Um, that I, I will do <laughs> Um, so I'll have to go for a secondary character. I chose one of mine because um, I know them a bit better. I thought Penny from Finding Jessica Lambert is fun and funny and straight talking, cuts through the crap and says what's on her mind. She's really energetic and fun to be with. But I thought that, that would be quite tiring after a while. <laughs> and the other choice is the opposite, kind of like Poppy's mum, Emma, is really chilled and you know she'd be good to hang out with. She can paint. All right, we'd have a really nice time together. So... um. Yeah, polyamorous set up in Mid Wales with Penny and Emma, I think. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice. 
nicely done. <laughs> I'd hook up with Anna Mayhew. I'll tell you that right now. But he can't. <laughs> well, She's I, with I could. <laughs> She's welcome to join as well. I'm okay with She it. doesn't want to. You leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. They might be totally into me. <laughs> Claire, how do you think Maggie from the Goodmans would do as a character in Carrie's Dark Peak series? Oh, I think she'd do all right. I know it's it's grim up north, but, you know, I know, I know Maggie's quite... You know, she's very middle class sensibilities and urbane, but you know, she has that fiery side. You know, she the, those primal instincts. She lets those out. I think she'd be okay. I think she'd survive. <laughs> I think she'd just really go in there and just kick some ass. Yeah, I mean, I think she would have words with those in authority about all these crimes and the terrible treatment up north. So yeah, I think she'd be <laughs> all right. <laughs> Carrie, what would Megan Santa make of Poppy Jenkins and the sunshine aspect of the village of Wells? And do you think murderers would follow them just to muck up that community? Oh, like, yeah, because bad <laughs> stuff does tend to follow these who wherever they go. In fact, it follows most of my characters wherever they go. I think they love the village. I think they'd be right at home in the village because they're both, I mean, they both grew up on a grotty council estate. So, you know, one of the main things that they strive for is the peace and quiet of a rural kind of community. But then bad things tend to happen in rural communities that they go to. So they would probably find a dead body under a hay wain. That would be it, really. The entire village would go to shit. Everybody would be a suspect. It turned out to be the vicar. <laughs> this has to be a mashup. I wait, that, that sounds brilliant. <laughs> I'm not sure about Poppy. I don't know whether her, her sort of like overly romantic, perky aspects would probably get on with Meg's wick a bit. Santa would probably get on with her fine. Meg would probably be a bit like, you're right, you just need to pipe that shit down now. <laughs> but other than that, I think it would be fine. Why don't you guys get together and come up with a little story there? It's been said before. We, 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 Killing and sunshine. I would if we weren't both, you know, like the slowest writers in the whole of the genre. Yeah, we you know, if we could, we could rattle something off quick. <laughs> but, you know, it would take years otherwise. Probably would. <laughs> Who's your favorite supporting character from one of your books? See, this is another one I've, I gave a lot of thought. I have loads. I like Keely and all of her K-name kids and Nelson, obviously. He's just gorgeous and he was he was lovely oh, to yes. write and he's gorgeous with Sana and I love their relationship. I'm always, like I've said this before, I'm always really kind of conscious about putting good male characters in my books because a lot of the villains turn out to be males and I think there's a kind of tendency in Sapphic to, to sort of like be a bit of a shitter on the blokes. So Tully in, <laughs> in uh, A Calculated Risk is Joe's partner. He's great. Suds is great. I love him with his manly chocolate. But yeah, I think out of all of them, probably Nelson. Um, Santa's mum as well. I loved writing Santa's mum and I love the relationship she had with Santa and how little sort of like bits of that got unpicked during, um, during the series. But no, I think any characters that sort of like I get to play with for a long time become just that a little bit deeper for me. So Nelson and Santa's mum, I think, would be right up there as my favourites. Tig? I am here. It's late. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm with it. Oh, I was going to say Penny, but I'm already dating her and shacked up with her in Wales. Oh, yeah. For another one. A male one as well, actually. Richard Goodman, Maggie's ex-husband or husband. He was a really nice, relaxed, amiable foil for Carrie. Uh, Carrie? Maggie. <laughs> <laughs> going to put you in the book as well. It's really nice to have a, a nice foil for Maggie. And the same reason, it's nice to have some decent blokes in the books as well. There you go. A trip through that answer. <laughs> <laughs> Both of you take gorgeous photographs of the outdoors. What outdoor activities have you done together? 
we've been all over the place. You've been here a couple of times, haven't you? And we've sort of like stomped all, yeah. around, stomped all around my little neck of the woods, been down to the river. Her kids are just amazing. They'll just entertain themselves. So we took them down to the river Ethro, which you can get to just through the fields at the back of our house. And they just spent the afternoon playing, you know, at the beach there. There's like a little sandy, roo sandy place there. And they, they entertained themselves while we had a good gossip. But we've been up Cavedale. They, they were also halfway in the river with yeah, the we did. Yeah, it was, it was quite a natural <laughs> day. So we got soaked and had a good splash around in there. <laughs> But we went up Winnett's Pass, didn't we? We marched used to the top of Winnett's Pass and we got to the top. Oh, and that's this year. Yeah. It's this pass that kind of looks down over this sheer cliff and there's the, the actual pass, so the road through the cliffs. And we might stick right to the top and get to stand on the edge. And that's the point where she tells me she doesn't like heights or shirt drops. So I was like, pose for a yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm not with them. <laughs> it's it, really weird because I think I used to be a really keen rock climber and basically just scared the shit out of myself climbing, I think. And now I'm just hopeless with heights, but I still really like the mountains. So I want to get out, but, you know, it's, it's scary as well, you know. <laughs> Similar to me, I'm a proper armchair mountain. I love the mountains, but I would never want to sort of summit one. I would never be, I couldn't dangle off any ropes or anything like that. I just couldn't. We saw the ice climbers the other week on Kinder Scout going up the downfall. I was just like, nope, I am out of here. No, don't do that. There's kind of, yeah, no, not. <laughs> no, no. There are plenty of ways to die. You don't need to bring it about <laughs> a little bit quicker. <laughs> what are a few of your biggest pet peeves? How long have you got? I got all day, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I started making a list and I've got our current government, idiots slash entitled assholes. So brackets, also our current government. <laughs> the sheer self-defeating calamity that was Brexit. I'm never going to forgive anybody who voted for that. <laughs> Bad drivers. But my biggest pet peeve at the moment is Insta hikers, Instagram hikers. I fucking, I cannot stand them. They're everywhere. They are all over my roots. <laughs> I go out walking and they're posing on a fucking rock with their full face of makeup on. Oh, I just, <laughs> not for me. There's litter up there. There's graffiti on the rocks. I hate it. It really, really winds me up. <laughs> and now I sound like, you know, my mother. <laughs> but yeah, that is my biggest, that is my biggest <laughs> at the moment, basically. So when I'm scrolling through Instagram, I keep blocking any account that it like suggests where somebody's doing this in front of a rock. I just block that account. <laughs> and eventually Instagram will learn not to show me people, but just to show me the mountains and hills. Thank you. <laughs> oh, try to top that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I didn't. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I'm just too tired today because I really couldn't think of anything in particular. I mean, I get plenty grumpy enough about pretty much everything some days, but um, Carrie sounded good. Can I borrow those? You can have them all, yeah. I've got loads to answer as well, but I don't want to come, yeah, the, come across yeah, as some, some kind of asshole. <laughs> Lately, it's people who talk loud. The more they drink, the louder they talk. Oh, that's I me. Just want to that's be one me. Of those... I do that. <laughs> I, I, maybe it's just me. I'm just really annoyed. There's got to be a balance here, isn't there? You two get annoyed at people. I'm annoying. So. <laughs> It's like people come over and they're fine. Their noise levels are normal. And then they start drinking and it just gets really loud. And I want to be one of those people who just has their hands over there. It's going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Tig is really funny when you get a drunk watching Eurovision. Because we usually have all the Euro people on Facebook get together and we have this massive chat. And we just sit there for however many hours the damn thing is on for and take the piss. And Tig sort of like starts out and then she'll get progressively more and more drunk. And then she'll just <laughs> She'll just, just vanish get... and I'll be like, Tig's out. <laughs> That's the one. Tig's <laughs> 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 
I think we need to have a Zoom where we just you, drink. You can tell how many glasses I've had, can't you? Just the comments get progressively. <laughs> yeah. right. so you can't slur in a comment, but Tig somehow manages to slur in a comment. <laughs> <laughs> what are the qualities that make the other a good friend? We both love gossip. We both love gossip. And we're both privy to like different aspects of gossip as well, which is great. You know, like in Sapphic. So Tig might get the indie gossip and I'll get like the other side of the gossip from like the publishy bit. So we do love a good book chat. Actually, just being with different publishers and different methods of publishing is really interesting as well because we both have different insights so we can compare and contrast. So I find that really interesting. But she's just funny and interesting and we share the kind of same interests, don't we? We're into the same kind of television shows and films and stuff so we can you know did you watch this did you see that wasn't that a lot of shite kind of thing so yeah no, I, was, I was gonna say the same liking mystery writing mm. sapphic stuff i mean and you know, I, I love the peak district where mm. harry lives and I, I lived there for a few years as well so and we just had heaps and heaps in common and she also most handy for me keeping touch, in touch with any friend at the moment is will they play with my kids so <laughs> and Carrie's very happy to kind of throw them around. And... Well, not only that, but we have cats. We have cats that the kids like playing with, so that makes it easy as well because they just come and chase Esker around now, and Esker sleeps for the entire night, which is lovely. Once Pig's kids have been and chased him around the garden a, a hundred times, so. but no, the kids are great, so they're not a, not a hardship at all. Meeting up with Tig and her kids is great fun. Hey, Tig, maybe come over and they can play with the puppy, and maybe she'll sleep tonight. <laughs> just. I'll try. Fly over. It'd be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for taking the time to chat today. It was great seeing you both again. And I hope you have a wonderful 2023. Thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm sorry. God. I'm not good at this, am I? (laughs) 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 Thank you so much. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. And thanks again to Carrie Hunter and Claire Ashton for joining me today visit Amazon to purchase their books. To show your support for this podcast, you could buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash sapphiclora or join my Patreon, where you can hear your favorite authors play Would You Rather. Here's a sample of this week's with Claire and Carrie. Thanks again for listening and until next time, happy reading. Would you rather be able to talk to animals or speak multiple languages? I'm going to talk to the animals. I would really love that. That would be mad. Mind you, actually, you know, you'd step outside and you'd hear all this chatter in the garden, wouldn't you? Like the <laughs> worms chatting away. Actually, it would probably be a bit bonkers after a while. So what was the other option, actually? This sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> speak multiple languages. Speak multiple languages. There we go. I'm going to do that one. Yeah, I'm going languages, definitely. I would so love to know another language. I would like to speak sign language, Welsh, Urdu, Punjabi, German properly, Swedish properly, so I can watch all my TV shows, Danish. I'd love to be multilingual, and I can barely speak actual English. Would you rather go deep sea diving or bungee jumping? Oh, Christ. Just just (laughs) fucking no to those. (laughs) Do we have to choose one? Do we have to? Is this obligatory? Oh, God, I've got palpitations. I literally couldn't do either. claustrophobia. No. A shark would eat me and the rope would snap. And no, I am no. (laughs) Time (laughs) out.